In this week's episode, we'll be going through the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Slayer Stats book, written by Simon Guerrier and Steve O'Brien. Won't you join us? Sunnydale Study Group, a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And today we'll be chatting about a bunch of Buffy stats, which is so exciting because I feel like that this is the perfect thing to talk about now that that's all we do on the podcast is just talk about like Buffy at large. Yeah, it's very excellent. Now, the authors of the book, we got contacted by uh, Insight Editions. Insight Editions reached out to us via the internet. Wow. And said, brand new invention. Yes, this brand new invention that's full of demons called the internet. But <laughs> these guys are not demons. And they said, hey, we've got a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer book. And we'd love for you guys to, you know, give us some thoughts about it. And so thank you so much. They sent us some copies. Yeah. And we've been pouring over it. And man, oh man, is it full of details. Yeah, we're about to hop in and check out these stats about Sunnydale. Uh, but before we do that, really quick, how's it, Chris, you weren't here last week. I was not. No. Yeah, that's I why we did the uh, our special fun. Well, now Sunny every episode can be anything we want. Exactly. I loved this Sunnydale life. Thank Fantastic you. work. Really good. I'm curious as to what other this Sunnydale life topics there will be. I feel like uh, if you guys have an idea, you guys being not Chris, not the mm-hmm. plural of Chris, but... Uh, Study buddies, if you have an idea for an episode that you want to do at this Sunnydale Live, uh, let us know. Or any other, like if you want us to do like a radio lab, really we we can do whatever we want now that we're not going episode by episode. I know, so it's like crazy. if you're like man, if you guys did cereal, but well, but cereal's about like a real thing. Yeah, I feel kind of weird about that. I guess this American Life is also about real stuff. Yeah, but what made you want to do that particular episode? Teacher's pet. I, don't, I just never stop thinking about it. About how insane it is that that person was hired. <laughs> yeah, who hired Miss French? Uh, I believe it was Bailey uh, the Bailey Kane. <laughs> yeah. Gretchen Wiener, which was Bailey Kane's uh, idea. She was just like, do you have a character name? She's like, oh, I have a character name. It's Gretchen Wiener. Isn't Gretchen Wiener from Mean Girls? Oh, is that where she got it? Ah, from? that's Gretchen Wiener's. Oh, that's different. It's very different. It's different. It's very different. Alphabetically speaking, it comes later. Exactly. Wieners comes after Wiener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, something to think about. I knew a guy named Raphael Low Weiner. Low Weiner? Mm-hmm. Or was it middle name Low? You know, I think it was a hyphenated last name. Oh, that's cool. I'm into yeah. it. Mm. But yeah, so we're going to dive into this thing, but things are good. Hope you guys are doing good as well. Uh, one thing that before we dive to Deep into this is I also the uh, the buffering new album mm-hmm. is out the season three album, it's amazing, as always. Go listen to it right now. Any <laughs> Buffy fan out there, you'll be obsessed. Tweet at us your favorite songs. I would say my standouts are Faith, Hope, and Trick and Graduation Day Part Two. But yeah, they are very fantastic songs. All about every single episode of season three. But now, enough about that thing. Now about the thing that we're going to talk about, which is the Slayer <laughs> Stats book, which is really awesome. Guys, amazing work. They went through the entire series. I'm curious as to how long it took them to compile this, because everything you want to know is in here. It so what is. are we... Yeah, so let's... This is going to be interesting because we're not a visual podcast. Right. Because we're a podcast. 
so uh, like just opening up to a page, magical artifacts, and there's just a list of artifacts along with diagrams. Uh, what's like right from the top, the scythe is up there. Okay, they got the scythe, the gem of Amara. You've got the Ovu Mobani mask that was, you know, on the wall in Inka's sacred seal. Now that's like something we don't talk about nearly enough. Is like Rarely, yeah. Well, the seal, as it was smashed, and Impata was able to break free until Giles tried to put it back together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that all that the mask is in there. Also, the Dead Man's Party song on the new Buffering album, fantastic, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but Great job. What I love about this book the most is putting everything in one context together. Maybe that's not the way to say that. No, I get what you're okay, saying. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. season three. I feel like the, the high school years feel so complete as a unit. Mm-hmm. And I think that the following years, there's not as much cohesion. Yeah. Eventually it finds it, but each year kind of feels like it's on its own path. Yeah. And I think that what's great about seeing all of the items across the series, all of the different stats, all of the different characters, each major character has a timeline breakdown uh, into the major events of their life, as well as there's a very detailed charting of all of the historical events that happen to the Hellmouth, both before and throughout the series, uh, to Sunnydale, the town itself. Uh, Not Nothing in the comics and nothing in Angel is touched upon. Great. But they also specifically let you know that right up top. Uh huh. But what I love about that is it makes it feel cohesive. Dope. Okay, so why don't you flip through a page and blow my mind with some stats? All right, let's do some stats. Because I'm not looking. There it is. There's the flips. Gosh, that's going to be noisy on the mic. All right. Okay. All right, so for example, we've got the cost of slayage. Now, Buffy's home has been destroyed time and again. Oftentimes, Xander is repairing it once he gets into his construction part of his life. Um, But now this breaks down the various times that Buffy's home was destroyed episode by episode. This is amazing. It's a picture of Buffy's house, and there's just parts broken. Like, Mm. uh, Mfashnik... Breaking the front door, banisters, mm-hmm. back door windows, and various furniture. Yeah, it's got when the Hellions from beginning of season six smashed the uh, the mailbox over. Gosh, this is so good. Yeah, and it's really what's what's awesome about it is it goes you know again non visual podcast, so you're gonna have to really get into it yourself. We will absolutely tweet the link out once we get this thing up. But what's great about it is the illustrations that were done by Ilaria Vescovo, and I hope I pronounced that right, are really a driving feature of the book that we're looking at because it's an incredibly readable, flippable book full of many, many pretty pictures. This is so, yeah, it was so, because, like, Buffy changed, like, aspect ratio, formats, mediums. It was, like, film in the beginning and then it was, like, more digital stuff later. This, like, actually makes it all into one, mm-hmm. like, co- like you said, cohesive experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to a map of the Hellmouth, is that right? This or, is the Hellmouth. Or, no, this is the map of Sunnydale uh, High School. This is the map of, yes, Sunnydale High School, but mostly through the Hellmouth. Now, they've got on one page the high school years, and then on another page the season seven Hellmouth. So, of course, in the high school years, the main 
uh, darkness lurking within the Hellmouth was the three-headed tentacled demon that was deep in there and that was uh, apparently killed during the Zeppo. And then, of course, on the other side, you've got the Seal of Danzelthar uh, that then leads us into the cavern that is full of hundreds upon hundreds of Turrican vampires. And what's cool about this is it's like an Earth Crust's breakdown of how you even get to these spots. And seeing... Those two things, the Turrican army and the creature from uh, Prophecy Girl and the Zeppo represented side by side. Very excellent, uh, very excellent visual. Also really like a makes total delight. Zeppo a very important episode for the plot lines we don't follow. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, that, exactly. I didn't realize how insane that monster is. Oh, you know, Zeppo, what I think is so hilarious about the Zeppo is it's just like, it's one of the biggest battles that they ever face yeah and we just don't really see it because no. xander's you know trouncing around with a baker with, with, yes <laughs> with a baker mm-hmm. <laughs> wanting to bake cake to eat this is so great and it's got character breakdown stuff oh yeah so, so you got the history oh and there's a scale of xander's life and how the it's a graph and the graph goes from slightly embarrassing to very horrible. No way. This and is then amazing. it goes one by one on all of the things that have happened to Xander, sleeping outside during Christmas, being seduced by She-Mantis, being rejected by Buffy, and all of the various things that made him feel not like he was succeeding in his life and ranking them based on how bad they were. This is incredible. This is such a fun book. And for all those kids out there taking math class, wondering, do I really need to do these graphs? Then you see this book and you're like, oh. Graphs are cool. Graphs are cool. I'm totally into graphs. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite? So we're back on the artifact page. What is your favorite artifact from Buffy? My favorite artifact from Buffy. Oops, we, we lost, lost the, the page. artifact page. Oh, nope. found, no, it, found, found it, found it, found it, found it. I would have to say that I, I really like the Gem of Amara stands out to me. And I know that this book doesn't go into angel territory because I think that that was just like they wanted to focus. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the Gem of Amara is that it is the first object that ties the series together. Of the two? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's you discover it through Spike's quest. Mm-hmm. And that once it is sent over to Angel, and I just love the feature of Oz being the first character to cross over from Buffy to Angel, bringing the ring. Uh, It just has a complete arc of the artifact, and it's like when I, before I even reviewed these pages, like, you know, the scythe stands out, and of course, you know, the glove of Minigan from Revelations. Yep. A lot of great things. But, excuse me. What's cool about the Gem of Amara is that it really just has a epic tale that's told about it. We know it. Like almost, it stands out in my head. Some of these things, like I didn't really know what the Urn of Osiris was. The Urn of Osiris, um, you know, and I know we've said this, but I forget if we said it this episode already. The uh, oh, spoiler, yeah. effect, spoiler, 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 <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. Last warning, last warning. Spoiler, spoiler. Angels, Angeles. Angels, Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow is a Rosenberg. The Urn of Osiris is what Willow uses to bring Buffy back from the dead. Yeah. So 
that one, the name of it doesn't really stand out to me in my mind, but the Gem of Amara, never forgot it. Not for one moment. I'm into, before we leave this page, I have to say, I'm so, I forgot how into the general global spread of Buffy influences I am into. Mm -hmm. That sentence didn't make sense. But, like, being, like, the fact that, like, I remember watching the show and I was just like, oh, they're referencing, like, all these deities. This is kind of cool. And it wasn't, like, stuck in, like, one specific thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, we're traveling from, like, Egypt to, like, ancient Mesopotamia to, like, Gaelic stuff. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I love that, too. It's very, like, Stargate in that sense. Yeah. Where it's, like, mythical cultures are all rooted in some kind of unified mysticism yeah there's like a structure behind mm-hmm. all the stories and tales and stuff yeah like in stargate it's invading aliens and buffy it's you know the hellish forces surrounding us um one thing i also wanted to point out do you want to crank to another page that you're yes into? there was a page god there's weapons what is oh, this yeah. this is amazing there's the map of sunnydale we have a map we have an we official map we have an official map Thank we have god. been using one off of the internet oh this one's different than what we've been working off of it ha- it is different it is different it makes it's more similar s- it doesn't specify kingman's bluff but i think that's just this kingman's bluff would be over overseeing the ocean yeah, it? yeah yeah it's yeah. not marked but i think that we just are so familiar with Kingman's Bluff yeah. that we just talk about it so much. Well, there we go. Wait, so, okay, flipping back to the map really quickly, yeah. how close is Buffy's house to other stuff? Right around the corner from Sunnydale High School. Oh, yeah. And pretty far from UC Sunnydale. That makes sense. But, you know. she doesn't come home that much. A few streets away from where Glory was staying. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. I Actually, know. right kitty corner from City Hall, apparently. Oh, yeah. Shadow Valley Vineyards. When was there? What was that one from? When they went to go get wine. Oh, the K- no, 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 yeah, no, it was the uh, Shadow Valley Vineyards is Caleb's, where Caleb is oh, digging gosh, for the Oh, gosh, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's part of that whole arc, but yeah, it's where Xander gets his eye, spoiler, Xander gets his eye gouged <laughs> out. Because he saw stuff, because he looks. Yes, he's a looker. All right, we've got the uh, breakdown of the weapons, the major Olaf's. weapons You're used. You're a big fan of Olaf's. Oh, yeah, Olaf is hilarious. General Stegg, Mr. Pointy, of course, doing his thing. The Hungamunga, always important to shout out, because as they specify in this, we only see the Hungamunga used in the episode and the opening episode of season three. However... It says, and it specifies in the specifies in the book that it appears in the title sequence of sixty six episodes. <laughs> so it's always that shot at the end of Anne where it comes down on Buffy as she's fighting all those people in Ken's little legion, and uh, what's that's a recognizable weapon, but only used once, but always in our hearts. That's great. What an impression. Oh yeah, and then um, the jackal knife, of course, used by Buffy and Faith. Um, also, well. Uh, Buffy and Faith are on my mind on the Buffering album. They have Faith is her own singer. It's not Jenny, uh, and she rules. And they have like these Buffy Faith back and forth songs. It's awesome. The Bad Girl song is great. That is not in this book. Okay, more things that are good about this book. This is so much fun. This is so great. Yeah, the history, history of Angel. History of Angel, born when did, as when Liam Angel in 1727. Start? 1727. 1727 all the way up through current times. How old was he when he was sired by Darla? He was, so if he was sired in 1753, then that means that he add was... Add three to the seven, which makes 1730, mm-hmm. so then 20, then add another three. 26. 26. Forever 26. Hey, that's not so bad. No. 
Is it? No, I don't know. I would. Twenty-eight would be a nice like stopping point. Right. Well, Forever Twenty-Seven is kind of the thing that always plays into all those rock stars who passed oh, at twenty-seven. 27. So twenty-eight would be like I lived, I beat a bunch of people, mm. and I can now stay forever. Yes, that would be so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one thing that I think that you'll really appreciate, me, Omar, yes, is that they really, really make the Bronze clear to yes. us. Yes, all of the bands that have played at the Bronze. And all of the music that happens throughout the series is very, very clearly mapped by this book. Now, Heck there some, yeah. There was Nerf awesome. Herder is the number one build at the top there. Oh, yeah. The Dashboard Prophets, Shy, Dingo's Ate My Baby, of course. Michelle Branch. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I pronounced that <laughs> like Michelle Norris. Michelle it's Mich- Branch. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle Branch. Michelle uh, Branch. Readers. Oh, I forgot that Sprung Monkey played the bronze. They're mm. so, yeah. Velvet Chain. I have a Velvet Chain album. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I've got like Buffy Velvet Chain stuff. Oh, it goes on and on. And then they've got their jukebox section, which then breaks down the songs that we're talking about and those songs that are, excuse me, and the, there's a great breakdown of the music that appears in the series, not just the bands that play the bronze, but what specific songs they played and where you can find them. This is nuts. Because there was that Buffy the Vampire Slayer album that was released, not the one, not Once More With Feeling. 1999. Yes, but a soundtrack. And the soundtrack is where that garbage song, Temptation Waits, which I became obsessed with, Mm -hmm. is on. Oh, my goodness. And then you've got Transylvanian Concubine by Rasputina, which is that really scary-sounding song that Drusilla plays in season two when they're having their judge awakening party. Really good stuff. Now, what's great about this book is it's perfect for a Buffy trivia breakdown, and it just keeps it wide enough for you. You see Sunnydale. Yeah, you see Sunnydale with a fantastic side map. You know, you can see the caves that were used by Adam... Um, you've got, of course, the Shumash uh, space where Xander was digging, I think. Wait, is that what that is? Yeah. That's okay, what, and then yeah, he fell yeah, down. Yeah, that's why there's yeah. a construction thing yeah, on top. Exactly. Exactly. I'm digging the star. You know what's it's it's so uh they didn't just so you know, this wasn't like a thing where they're like, Hey, we're gonna send you the books, please talk about them and like here's money. They were just like, here's the books, and we're seriously just recording ourselves going through the book and freaking out yeah. because this is like this is <laughs> this is so exciting. Yeah, it's great. And then what's fun about this one is that the uh, the deep, deep holding cells and the research pit of the initiative has uh, you know its own little side circle-y parts. Question: mm. um, The initiative built this giant underground thing but there were Shumash um, burial grounds above that above that mm-hmm. how so they so they went down and then carved out like they went down assumably where the elevator is from the um, from, from the, the dorm house yeah, yeah from the from, frat house yeah from the Lowell house and then they just like dug down and they were just like okay can you guys hollow out this giant piece of earth underneath the ground yep Oh, okay. Yep. I guess I never thought about that. I think they just kind of didn't dig in that space. They just went, yeah, so they were just mm-hmm. like, we'll just work out from wherever the elevator goes down to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they probably have some sort of, like, magical means of excavation. Uh, Maybe not. No, they probably don't. Well, they've got, you know, secret government funding. Yeah. Which goes a long way. Which they gave to Maggie Walsh. Yes, they did. 
All right. We're going to move on from UC Sunnydale. Yeah, let's, I, I love this. I mean, I don't want to. I want to, but we should, let's hop to another page. Yeah, let's we want to spread page. the love around. All right, because also, um, what's good about this book, now, our main companion book has been Dusted, which yes. is a really great book, very, very thorough breakdown of the series. This, the Buffy Slayer Stats book, is a perfect companion piece to Dusted because Dusted is very dense in a way that it's supposed to be, but it's all it's page. Book. It's, it's, it's pages thick, thick of words. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a book that Giles would want you to read, <laughs> whereas this is a book that, like you know, Andrew would want you to read. It's very visual. <laughs> um, and then you've got yeah, Faith and Anya share a page. Is Anya Swedish? I didn't know that. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really think that through. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Oud, when she yeah. was Oud. Oh, see, it's it's got stuff where. They, uh, you know, it's uh, some of the things are comedic interpretations of stats, like that Anya is forty percent blunt. You know, that's a stat that's not necessarily fifteen percent nostalgic for her days as a demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Ooh, the wanted section. So you know, you got Spike, you got Faith, you got people who are questionable characters. Hey, Darla's got a, got some stats. It's nice. Yeah, Darla and Drew, and I like Darla and Drew facing their own, uh, having their own pages shared. Uh, let's see, Drew is eighty percent psychotic, twenty percent immature. Well, and, there you go. Yep. Finally, a breakdown <laughs> of the math. And then you've got the fashion style of Drew, which is fifty uh, percent heroin chic. And 50% Victorian courtesan. courtesan. And then I want to find the page in here where... Oh, who sired whom? Yeah. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. There's a crazy breakdown of who the sires were. And then there is a really interesting breakdown of um, romance. Okay. Where it's... Essentially, the way it breaks down is it's got a little key in the corner that says... Like requited love, unrequited love, or killed. Oh, wow. And it's like a web, a tangled web of madness. And it's just very compelling to look at. You can just really just get sort of completely swallowed and sucked into it. And this is so much. Like, we've only like grabbed a few pages. And it's, it's such a good cursory glance of the show. Mm-hmm. And the class of 99. Who you know showed up? Oh, these are characters that like Amber Grove and Witch. Yeah, was the one who got her hands hurt, right? Yeah, they had to wrap her hands. Yeah, and what's really good about this page is that if you have the Sunnydale High School yearbook, which is up for purchase, it gets into detail about you know who those people were, but from the perspective of, you know, you're looking at the yearbook, whereas this can be a good companion piece to that as well because it shows you, you know, who these people were and reminds you who they were. Like, for instance, that Tor Hauer was one of the kids in the pack. Hey, there you go. And then got away, apparently. Yes, he did. And, you know. Scott free after eating Flutie. And then funny, not so funny is the uh, Giles <laughs> yes. unconscious page. This is all the times Giles been knocked out, which has been many. And then, oh man, you know, they're wonderful little. And, and the only reason it seems funny because obviously, you know, uh, being knocked unconscious by blunt force is not necessarily funny. But in the context of a lot of 
narrative storytelling, it's usually presented that way. Yeah, yeah. Is often present. Oh, here it is. I found the page. The this web. They call it the web. Insane. Love is a funny thing. And so what? the key that they break it down is is unreciprocated interest, reciprocal interest, relationship, and kill as the key. And then it is just the characters' names, and then the main cast. It kind of like sprawls out from them, and it is <sighs> really cool. my city planning brain is loving this image that I wish I could describe better. This is so the graphics in this book. Are wonderful. Yeah, incredibly. Uh, Veruca's in here, just carving mm-hmm. out a little corner for herself. Yep. Sid the dummy. Sid had feelings for Buffy. Does it say that? Well, there's Sid, and then uh, on uh, yeah, he makes a comment. Wow. Remember? This is detailed. <laughs> Remember he like he makes he makes a, a a odd pass at her. Wow. Look at all the arrows going to Cordelia. Oh yeah. Xander's got a bunch too. Joyce has a few. Hello. Yep. Unreciprocated interest from Principal Snyder. Oh, yikes. Which Joyce, is all the band candy moments. Joyce Arrow goes up to Hank, which goes down to his secretary. Oh, Ooh, and there's Hank. a relationship there. Hank, come on, come on. Oh, Ted. Ted. This uh, is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, very, very, very cool. You know, when Buffy Bot gets shouted out. I feel like Buffy I Bot s- is such a bizarre thing. Buffy we'll, we'll, Bot? Yeah, we'll get into that at some point. Buffy we Bot. Should, we great. just have to do a Buffy Bot episode because Buffy Bot has this weird, like, Civil War. Was it Civil War? Yeah, I think it was Civil War. Remember when Reed Richards made, like, a robot Thor? And then they yep. were just like, you cloned mm-hmm. Thor and made a robot? And they were just like, but we had to. I was like, this is really weird. But then I guess in Buffy, they also did that when Buffy was gone. Well, it, well, it was Spike had Warren make it. Yeah, and then they used that Buffy bot as like a to, Buffy. to make people not think that the Slayer was dead, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah, and Spike initially had her make it so he could have a relationship with it, which is even more nuts. Which is creepy. <laughs> which is creepy. Wow, there's 15 episodes in which no one dies. It's a fun little stat. Interesting. There's 161 uh, dustings. Uh, there are 574 deaths in the series. Jeez, that's a heavy body count. Yeah, it is wow. crazy. No, super crazy. So this is awesome. Guys, so so anyway, we hope yeah. that we gave you a little bit of a taste of this. Now, it's like, you know, they sent to us to do a review. And if the word is review, then the review comes back with a pass. <laughs> Yeah, Get this book. Yep, you, you passed. Congratulations. You passed. Thank you for sending us this book. We love it. We each have a copy, and we're going to be using it in our little stack of study books. Well, this is what's so – like, this is just a cheat sheet. Now I want to go to, like, every Buffy trivia and just, like – Demolish. Demolish. Mm-hmm. But not really. Like, if there's a way that we can demolish, but then the prize is shareable – where it's like, fine, you get an open, you get one drink order, and I'll just be like, okay, let's all have a sip. Let's all have a sip. Can okay. we get? Can we get one beer, seventy straws, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody gets some? Yeah, no, it's really great. But guys, kudos to the work you did. I'd be very interested to hear a little bit of the process that went into its creation. Yeah, yeah. we might have to bother them for some questions mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, and also, and- I'd love to see an angel one. Yes, that is the next one. I want to see some of those LA stats. How fast did Angel drive? Like, how did Angel get from Santa Monica to downtown? Yeah, how did he avoid all that traffic? I know. It's hard. The Mm -hmm. 10, it's always blocked. I guess he 
travels by sewer in the day. Oh, that's true. Are the, is the sewer that fast? Is the sewer much faster? In which case, why don't we use the sewers in L.A.? Uh, why don't we take the highway? I don't know. Maybe Salmonella? Oh, he is probably impervious to Salmonella and fecal matter. Is that where it travels? Vampire, do vampires get diseases? Well, yeah. Do the vampires get the, sick? Well, the killer of the dead, of course. Yeah. Um, not unless it's a magical curse, at least from my understanding. Uh, second question, and this might be, if you're like, this is terrible, let's stop this, I understand. Oh, please. But do vampires create waste? Um, not that I rem- I feel like this, I feel like I have a memory of Spike maybe peeing. I feel like that too, but Spike drinks alcohol. Mm-hmm. So yes, so the answer is yes. If they consume something that can be wasted- Right. So Their Spike bodies still have drinks. to process. Yeah, so Spike drinks and therefore he pees. Like zombies probably. Yeah. Who it's knows, like as, as as Descartes once said, I drink, therefore I pee. Yeah, I do remember Descartes mm-hmm. saying that in um, 97 on yep, tour. Exactly. I was at that concert. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then um, do you remember uh, Band of Horses was performing that night? What's weird is they put the Band of Horses before Descartes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we recorded so many episodes of Thank You for Questing today. We're really tired. <laughs> this is the best we got. Thank you. Please support our Patreon. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. Just kidding. We don't have a Patreon. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, guys, seriously, fantastic work. And thank you to Inside Editions for sending us this thing. I am blown away by this. This mm-hmm. is the coolest freaking book I've ever seen. Yeah. Now, let us know. Those of you out there, if you are, have you bought the book? Let us know what you think and what your favorite pages to break down are. Yeah. Now, Mm-hmm. Also, like, what are your favorite stats about Sunnydale or, like, favorite little tidbit of information that maybe mm-hmm. we didn't know? Yeah. That's always, like, if you're just like, by the way, it's impossible for, like, Double Meat Palace to be here because actually Double Meat Palace was shown in another place or whatever. Let us know because that yeah. stuff's always exciting. Yeah, because what's great about these imaginal, imaginal, imagine. <laughs> what's great about these imaginary worlds is that they live on in our minds and our imaginations together. And what's cool about this book is I've got Quite a stack of Buffy yes. books. This is the most visual one that I've seen yet. I have a freaking, I paid 20 bucks in Burbank at this one shop. I got this book that's got every single demon ever mentioned in Buffy um, that I'm saving for a future episode, which the future being like two weeks from now, yeah. when we're just going to go through and talk about our favorite demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no insult to those people who compile that stuff, but it feels very Buffy era. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where it's just like, ooh, this looks like it was printed on a newspaper. This is very shiny compared to every other Buffy thing that I have. Yeah. That looks like I would tear up pages and wrap fish and chips in it. This is getting really mean and judgy of those books. It was just in the older books. Like, I can tell when a book is from, like, 99. Yeah. Like, it was, like, a geeky info book. Yeah, it looks like, it looks like one of those, like books that was maybe like an offshoot of the Buffy magazine. Exactly, yeah. Or um, even like old like yeah. X-Men stuff where it's just mm-hmm. like old X-Men stats but it's like from 99 and I'm just like, oh, this is all just Jim Lee art. <laughs> yeah. 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 By the way, speaking of Buffy magazines, I found all my Buffy magazines while I was visiting home. Ooh, hello. Oh my goodness, there are so many of them. And If you had to do a ballpark, how many? I would say I probably had like 30 issues of Buffy and Angel magazine wow. together. And what was funny about it is so many of them say, what does the future hold? And it said it like all over the place. Like the future of Angel, the future of Buffy. What's the future? The creators speak out on the future. And what was the future? It was canceled within the year. (laughs) 
And how did it live on? Comic books. <laughs> and will it be coming back? I don't know. You tell what me. What will happen to Giles? He'll be brought back as a child. <laughs> because of Twilight, which they didn't realize was a reference to another vampire thing. Yeah. Uh, Speaking so. of which, Man Breaking Dawn, so violent. So uh, I don't know if I saw the Twilight. I saw the first it's... Twilight and was like, eef. I like the first Twilight. The last one, though, was so violent. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, Twilight kind of made me... I guess my aversion to Twilight was it felt like, as Buffy fans who loved vampire stuff, mm-hmm. that, like, all of a sudden Twilight comes along and becomes... It makes vampires not only mainstream, but, like, oversaturated. It was a lot of vampire stuff. So it was, like... Twilight and the Vampire Diaries and True Blood all came after Buffy's Heights. That's right. They were all around the same, similar yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's crazy is with Buffy, we who loved that stuff, I feel like if Buffy came out today, either maybe it couldn't be as self-aware yeah. and comedic as uh, as it was in the modern context. Yeah. But it possibly would have had a chance of having a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Even though it's regarded as a very popular show, it is not necessarily a it, – it, it, it's a cult show, as sure. you know, as we are a part of the cult of it. And what's interesting is the very final uh, section of this book is the episode-by-episode episode guide in which it shows you the ratings and rankings. No way. Yes. And why are there no ratings for um, teachers pet? Yeah, yeah. Probably because uh, the school did Nielsen like just call the family. They wanted to go, cover it up. Please don't tune in this week. Yeah, <sighs> I wonder. Actually, I'm curious. we covered it. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm curious as to what's the highest rated show. Um, episode. We might have to look through. This it again. looks like Innocence, maybe. No way. Yeah, it makes think, sense. Yeah, Innocence, season two. Wow, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. So much information. I love this. Yeah. Wow. And then, of course, in the end, they thank everybody involved and that 20th, 20th Century Fox and the team at Insight was very generous. So I think that this was a yeah, this was a sanctioned operation. There it is, official and official. So, folks, that's our bell, which means we are about to wrap up. But before we do that, we have a voicemail we would like to listen to and chat about. So let's go ahead and play that. Hello, Sunnydale Study Group. This is Monique Ocampo, a.k.a. Sunnydale Sift on Instagram, and Miss Ocampo writes on Twitter. My vote for the first round bracket is for Once More With Feeling. It's my favorite episode out of everything on Buffy, and I feel like it just was the perfect episode it you know the musical episode and there's spuffy oh my god the beautiful beautiful spuffy but also because like it's the one that everyone is going to sing along to the music is great the choreography is great the story is great even with the somewhat contrived ending and it's really where spuffy begins not counting something blue but you know it's where they really officially begin for better or for worse anyway that's my vote for the first round i will call again for for round two. This is Monique Ocampo signing off. Awesome. Thank you so much for calling in. What a... Awesome. Thank yeah. you, Sunnydale Sis. Uh, Longtime Instagram friend. Yeah, Once More the Feeling is so good. Like, I don't know. Can you think of another episode of another TV show that's like the Once More with Feeling of another TV show? You know what I mean? 
Um, in the sense that it's a not musical. Like, no, not like a musical. But in the sense that it's the one that just like so clearly sticks out. And, and you can put in front of someone and they're just like, wow, this show. Maybe Blink from Doctor Who? Hey, that's a really good, yeah, Blink is totally the once more with feeling of Doctor Who. Where you can just like show it to somebody out of context and even though it feels like it requires a lot of context, it just kind of pulls and it's like the in. best of the show. Mm-hmm. You're like, if you yeah. like this show, you'll like this a lot. Or if you want to know how good the show can be, mm-hmm. check out this episode without getting too much into it. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, Blink is there. I'm trying to think of another example. Yep. <laughs> uh, the one in Friends where they no, where they um, have to fight a they bring a demon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, into into our dimension. Yeah, probably Smile Time Angel. Yeah. 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 Even though that one's like a little less like this is all the best parts of the show. It's like this is crazy. This is something insane. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to see crazy weird puppet stuff? This is welcome it. to the show. Yeah. So yeah, Monique, thank you so much for calling in. And if you want to call in and uh, tell us your thoughts on any of these latest episodes or answer any of the questions we've asked, we'll let you know how to do that in the uh, very end. And in the next episode of Sunnydale Study Group, we will hit up part two of Monique's voicemail, uh, which is the follow-up for our bracket, which in case people don't know, what, what was that whole situation, Chris? So we did March Madness in April. Which we recorded in March, released in April, and Dale and Omar went down through a bracket that I generated of my favorite episodes of Buffy and Angel that I thought of in the day that I thought of of that list, in the sense that maybe if I reapproached what that list would be today it might be a different list but i was like all right we're doing an episode bracket here's the episode you also came up with it like five like i was just like here's a dry erase board choose your favorite episodes let's go we got to record right exactly yeah. so i think that maybe with uh, a little bit more time it may have been a few different episodes on that list but overall not necessarily yeah which is interesting because um you know my this is in the first round so it's not much of a spoiler if you want to go back and listen to all those but doppelgangland which is my favorite buffy episode is not ultimately the thing that wins the bracket because yeah. it was based off of the debate style of omar and dale which is very fantastic and we're hoping to do much more of as we are now a spoilerific podcast doing the whole scope of all of the buffy episodes. yeah we might do march madness ev- like every other month yeah march madness in may march madness in june who knows who knows Knows when it could pop up October, mm-hmm. maybe Oztober. Oztober. Ooh, we could do the Oz we episodes do the for Oztober. March yeah, Madness. Of course. We're gonna have to get Bailey Kane in here to talk Giles. Yep, yep. Mm. And ask more questions about hiring Miss French. Which yeah. is we know the difference between acting and a real person. Yeah, yeah we do. do we? And <laughs> that's our final bell, which means we are officially out of time for this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week. But until then, where can people find you, Chris? Hey, guys. I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as a Montioc. You can also find me with musical improv group Robot Teammate, which you can follow on Robot Teammate on all the various little something or others. Those are the things. As well as, thank you for questing the podcast that we do with Mia and Kelly. We recorded a bunch of episodes of that today. Very excited to share what's going on with that. And now, Omar, you tell them where they can find you. <laughs> I'm Omar. You can find me at Omar Najam on Twitter as well as Omar Najam Film on Instagram. I have uh, – I really want to make sure I remember to shout out Jimmy Scavone, who is the composer for this show. 
does an amazing job with the intro and outro tracks. This current track you're listening to right now, that's a Scavone original right there. Yes, it is. And if you want to follow Jimmy Scavone's bands, he has many music projects, but the most two prominent are The Volcanics, which is an amazing surf band, yep. as well as Alt-Tab-Delete. Alt-Tab-Delete, which is, you know, I don't want to... Uh, really guess the genre it's a little bit of rock and roll but it's got a little bit of an electronica vibe to it it's a it's a cool thing it's like a fun postal service there you go there. <laughs> a not moody postal service uh and if you're like i want to listen to like new music where do i find it we just told you the two bands yeah we just gave you the answer the volcanics and all that's that's for free mm-hmm. uh, and folks if you want to hit us up and leave us some voice messages you can absolutely do that by calling 805-669-8187 and leave a voicemail that gets saved to our google voice don't worry, we won't answer it'll go to our google voice and then we will save that voicemail and we'll play it here on the podcast so if you have any thoughts or suggestions or questions you can do that or if you want to answer what your favorite tidbit or factoid about Sunnydale is, or maybe anything that might have gotten forgotten in this week's episode, go ahead and call that number and leave a voicemail. Also, if you're uncomfortable doing that, you can record yourself on a voice recording app and send it to sunnydalestudygroup at gmail.com. You can find anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast, as well as Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook and on Instagram. All right, folks, we'll be back next week with a whole new crazy thing because this show we can do whatever we want from episode to episode. And we were thinking about doing – should we do a little teaser? Sure. Okay. We're going to do Pokemon Go on Sunnydale. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Uh, All right, folks, pack up your bags, pick up your books. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>